0: this episode of the dj force x podcast is proudly sponsored by fixed fixed is a fan and artist friendly independent record label that specializes in hybrid electronic rock it's home to the likes of cell blue starly i will never be the same richie nicks the algorithm voices cd akira and a whole bunch more check out their latest label sampler for just one dollar at their official store, FixedStore.com. That's F-I-X-T-Store.com. Save 10% off your first order by using my coupon code FORCEX. That's F-O-R-C-E-X. They have loads of shirts, hoodies, stickers, posters, and many other accessories for all their artists. And this is available worldwide with fantastic international shipping rates to go with that. So head over to fixstore.com and check them out. And don't forget, use my coupon code FORCEX.
1: Hello and welcome to the DJ Force X podcast, episode 32. I have Riley Breckenridge of the band Thrice. Um... Very happy to have landed this interview, and it, it was a great interview. Uh, I felt anyway, uh, you're going to listen to it shortly, so you could be the judge of that. Uh, talking of judging, segue into reviews of this particular show, the podcast itself. If any of you can log into your iTunes account, uh, wherever you got this podcast from, wherever you're listening to, whether it's Stitcher, Deezer, uh, Google Play, um, iTunes, anywhere like that, if you can leave a review, just like a sentence review of of what particular episode you enjoyed and it gives you like a five-star rating so I prefer five stars but be honest if you want to do two three four five whatever uh I just want to get the reviews up and um just sort of going going from there and getting that that kind of uh the podcast charting if we can that is my next project for this I've kind of got it to a point now where um I've got a sponsor, I'm getting um, other acts to come in, people approaching me about interviews. It's kind of getting gaining momentum. so the next logical step is just to get that recognition on the outlets for this show. Um, people tell me they enjoy the show, they tell me in person, which is awesome, but if they can just translate that into a review on any of the places you get this uh, um, podcast from, that would be great. Thank you, thank you in advance uh, if you can do that. Um, but yeah, uh, talking to Riley about their thrice new album, uh, which is due out on the twenty seventh of May, which is next week. Uh, if you're downloading this podcast now, um, and it'll be available across all all formats um, across the world, I'm guessing. Uh, the album is called "To Be Everywhere Is To Be Nowhere," and it is a fantastic album. Uh, I've had it on rotation uh, streaming. Um, through my system here uh constantly for the past couple of weeks and uh yeah I've, I've bumped this interview forward just so i can get it out in time for their album release and um yeah i hope you enjoy it we talk a bit of thrice we talk a bit of preak destroyer you know you'll see you'll see i won't spoil anything else for you so yeah this is riley from thrice enjoy <laughs> I'm good. How are you today? I'm good. Yeah. Excited. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So after a few years, uh, thrice, we're on a break um, and you've returned with a new album. I know you did some gigs last year as well. Mm -hmm. Um, The new album is called To Be Everywhere Is To Be Nowhere uh, and it's out on May 27th via Vagrant in the US and it's out in the UK on the 17th of June. Is that right?
2: Uh, That's when the vinyl... is coming out i think or it'll be in record stores on the 17th of june but if you pre-order it um you will get your record and a uh like a digital download as well on the release date
1: on the 27th very nice very (laughs) nice that's cool so yeah a lot of my uk people would be happy about that (laughs) (laughs) because they weren't sure because obviously getting it in the u.s first um they were like well maybe they'll import it you know there's a couple of record stores that will do that for them or you can order it off various sites online so right but if yeah they, that- they
2: can pre-order it through
1: uh, thrice.net and uh, they'll have their record on the release date. excellent that's really yeah. good news so um before we get into the new album um what what were you doing during the the break you had over Was it like three years i think it was From yeah three that- three four yeah and um, what did you get up to in that time Oh,
2: man, I was all over the place. <laughs> um, creatively, um, I started like a, a joke side project with a good friend of mine, uh, Ian Miller, who plays in a band called Kowloon Wild City. Really <laughs> awesome, heavy band. If you haven't checked them out, I would. Um, with him and John from Kowloon Wald City and Mike Minnick, who was in a like kind of metal, hardcore band called Curl Up and Die. Um, And the band is called Puig Destroyer, and it's uh, like a jokey kind of metal grindcore band that makes songs that are only inspired by baseball, and all the lyrical content is baseball-related. So it was like a fun, goofy (laughs) side project. Um, Also started another side project called Less Art. Um, with the same people. And then I brought my brother Ed into the loop on that as well. And we are uh, writing songs for a full length that we want to put out. uh, I guess it's looking like 2017, but um, I was doing that creatively. And then professionally, I I bounced all over the place, man. I I was doing some freelance writing for a while. Um, I was doing some like contracted writing for sports websites. Um, I worked... I did the corporate thing for like a year. I was a sales rep for like a really high-end bespoke tailor, yeah. selling like very expensive suits and shirts <laughs> that I couldn't afford to people who could have bought and sold me fifty times in a day and not even batted an eyelash. That's um, crazy. So that was like a complete one eighty from uh, from band yeah. band world. Um but I just kind of wanted to see if I could do it. Yeah. If I, if I could blend into that world and the answer to that was no.
1: No. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's always good to find out because yeah. uh, I mean I, I I know what it's like to work and play in a band at the same time and yeah. like where well, your work's making your money and obviously it's funding your passion which is music. Um but I was I was actually it uh, was going one of the questions I was going to ask you is is um is is thrice like self-sustainable in as much as could you live could you all four of you live from it? Or is it more of a, you've got kind of like you did during your break, you took various jobs to kind of probably make ends meet kind of thing? So,
2: um, it's kind of hard to tell right now. Um, I think, I think the goal is to make it something that's sustainable, Mm -hmm. um, so that we don't have to do other things. But, um, I think, it might be a situation where we'll have to pick up odd jobs kind of yeah. in the interim between tours and stuff. But, um, I also do some drum and bass tech work for Weezer okay. and, uh, I've done some work for Jimmy Eat world in the past. So I, I dive into that world as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, there are opportunities here and there and, uh, being on the tech side of things has actually been a really cool challenge and a, and a really cool experience.
1: Yeah, I have a couple of friends who did that. They're in, they were in full time bands, and then as those bands sort of dwindled, they they gradually move into like tech work and things. And they're out mm-hmm. on tour with like the Folds, Florence and the Machine. Oh, um, cool! All those kind of bands doing like tech work, and it's just it's just kind of crazy. Like going from obviously being on the forefront on the stage to being, you know. The guy who sets up everything and sort of does all the backstage work which is you know to be honest it's as much as rewarding although you know the buzz isn't quite the same
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah yeah it's uh yeah you don't come off stage at the end of a show like after
2: having sweated your balls off uh-huh. and have this crazy adrenaline rush you're more um more satiated by uh oh nothing went wrong you know like <laughs> during a show you're like play these songs well like engage the crowd, like have a good, good show. Um, and that's your job. And then as a tech, you're just sitting there with your fingers crossed, just like, please, nothing break, please, nothing, break, please, nothing break. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been cool.
1: No, that's cool. That's cool. That's good to know. I mean, cause like I said, I was, I was in the music industry for a little bit and, um, never really became self sustainable on that front. Mm-hmm. So I was taking up jobs here and there in between. So, um, I was just wondering cause you're on your, is it ninth album now? I think I counted. Is that yeah, me? yeah, yeah. I was it's just important. wondering at that point. Obviously, I, I know sort of rock and metal isn't always as commercial as you know it should be. But um, I was just wondering if that was something you could, you guys did, you know, got got to that point or not? Um, yeah, yeah.
2: As it turns out, um, yeah. your resume looks better uh, as a tech than it does in the corporate world where <laughs> you're like yeah i was in a band for 15 years they're like okay so do you have any skills I'm like well yeah actually <laughs> you know there's there's management business management yeah. marketing public relations you know copy editing copywriting that kind of stuff yeah goes into being in a band but um i found that that doesn't always translate very well in the corporate world
1: no it doesn't I, i'm the same here on my resume it's exactly the same it's like i did the pr did the management did the tour booking did the like um tour management as well yeah Um, doesn't mean anything when you go into an interview they're just like as soon as you say musician that's it yeah (laughs) yeah lazy oh man i know that all too well yeah so did you stay in contact with the other members of thrice obviously you mentioned your brother who's also um in in thrice as well um yeah did, did you stay in contact with them or was it the break more of a sort of um, like you, you needed to be away from everybody or,
2: mm, I mean, I was occasionally in touch with Dustin and Tepe, but really not, not very much. Um, I think part of, part of taking the hiatus was just people being able to just kind of check out for a while. Yeah. Um, on all fronts. Um, so yeah, there wasn't, a, there wasn't a lot of dialogue, um, okay. And admittedly, like, I didn't want to take a hiatus. I didn't want to take a break. So I was, I was a little frustrated, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, given time, I, I totally understand, um, where dustin was coming from and and respect his decision and um i'm just grateful to to be here and and making music with him again
1: yeah so i was gonna say was it a different atmosphere when you returned to play together and write together was it like a refresh or was it more of like when you first kind of got together and started making music
2: um i was actually a little a little concerned that we were going to be either rusty or like the vibe was going to be off or um You know, whatever magic we had kind of built in the the 15 years that we were a band, um, I thought it was going to disappear because like anything in life, like if you don't, if you don't work at something um, for like three years or four years, like your skills are going to diminish and your, um, I don't know, just the the vibe between members is going to diminish, but I was shocked like we started jamming, and it was just like we picked up right where we had left off, like the vibe was good, everybody was playing awesome, um so it was it was a really nice surprise and uh i don't know it was cool
1: that's cool, yeah' no, that it seems to be um i've I had a few bands that kind of went on a break or a hiatus and got back together, and they kind of had that same vibe where they were kind of you know scared to start with, thinking things would have changed, but it was actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it was great cuz they picked up. It's like having a best friend where you don't speak to them for ages, but then you can just pick right up again kind of. Yeah. So, no, that's cool. So we're going to start talking about your album now. Um again, it's titled To Be Everywhere is To Be Nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um so tell me about the uh the process uh the starting process when you got back together. Was it was it to create an album or was it just to sort of jam out, see what happened?
2: Uh initially it was to to play some shows. Um But in the back of our minds or, or, you know, it was discussed that we would make music again together. We didn't really have like a a timeline for it set, um, immediately, but it was something that developed. Mm -hmm. Um, and we had all, you know, been writing stuff on our own during the break, you know, for one thing or another, you know, Dustin has his solo project and you know, Tepe would have a bunch of voice memos on his phone of him just (laughs) screwing around with a guitar. Um, Ed and I were working on side projects and and had a bunch of ideas for that. Um so we had we had a pool of ideas to to pick from once we started um jamming together. But uh the making of this record was unique in that uh we were limited by geography cuz uh Tepe was up outside of Seattle. Um so what we would do was basically build very rough demos in logic and share those logic sessions with each other, um, and kind of write virtually. So somebody would be like, Oh, I've got a chorus idea. I'm going to add this to this session and you can check that out if you want to, um, Mm. let me know if you dig it or let me know if you want to change something. And if you do want to change something, change something. So it was, um, not like we'd done it in the past where it was like, Hey, I have an idea for a chorus. And then we'd get together and jam on it for
1: yeah.
2: a day or something. Um, but you know, around these one-off shows that we were doing last year, or if we did like a short weekend run, um, we'd fly Tepe in a few days before, um, and while we were rehearsing for those shows, we'd set aside a couple of days to write and jam out the ideas that we developed in Logic. Yeah. And then Tepe would go back to Seattle and we'd go back into virtual mode for a while. And it would, we'd just kind of bounce back and forth between you know, jamming around these one-offs and then um, kind of arranging and suggest- suggesting ideas Um virtually.
1: Yeah. No, that's cool using the technology, you know, cuz it does like you said, it saves a lot of travel as well if you are geographically separated. So, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, um Do you reference any of your past material in this or was it more of a fresh start? Um sort of fresh start or fresh direction for you guys?
2: Um it's pretty fresh. Uh, one of the things that um I really liked about working with Eric Palmquist, who's the producer on this mm-hmm. record, was um he really stressed that he wanted to push us to do more and do things that were outside of our comfort zone, but also, um, take advantage of, of the things that we do well and that we've done well in the past and realize that, you know, yeah, people like songs that are driven by riffs. Like why don't we write some more riffs and like put those in songs? Um, or like yeah like let's let's really push the dynamics in this song and um he wanted us to focus on our strengths but also push ourselves to try to develop new strengths i think and uh it was a really good match
1: yeah no it's it's a really good album um oh, thank I've you i've been fortunate to listen to it a couple of times now um, thanks and yeah i really dig uh salt and shadow
0: yeah, so that's, that's sure. one of
1: my favorites as well. That's great. It's very hypnotic. I found it was—I like was kind of losing myself in it. So yeah, that's really good. I also like the window and the long defeat as well. That those two tracks.
2: Those are probably um, my. It's hard to pick favorites, but those yeah. are probably three <laughs> of my top five favorite songs on the record, oh, without okay. a doubt.
1: Yeah, no, they're, they're really good tracks. They're the ones that really stood out for me, anyway. And um, you're just about to release a single as well. Is that blood on the sand? <laughs> Um, um is that coming out or you I know you released a new song today for pre or a couple of days ago for preview, didn't you?
2: Yeah, Blood on the Sand um was the first track that we released. I think we put that one out like three weeks ago maybe. Okay. And yeah. then Black Honey premiered yesterday was um at NPR. And then um I think it's available ooh either on apple or spotify today and yeah. then either on apple or spotify whichever one didn't get it today we'll get it tomorrow yeah um and then i think people get it if they pre-order the record they'll get uh an mp3 of that track nice. instantly nice.
1: yeah yeah no it definitely came out on apple music today um oh cool i know because a bunch of my friends were posting it up on their feeds and stuff saying they really awesome. like it so you know that's a good reaction from those and a couple of the people sent me questions for that as well but i'll ask you those in a minute cool. mm-hmm. <laughs> um you've also got uh, a tour coming up in june uh u.s tour uh yes uh, lad dispute and gates in support mm-hmm. uh you've also got a couple of european dates announced so far you got the reading and leeds festival uh in england and the open air gampel in switzerland Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, are you going to be extending your European stay around those shows, or those literally flyovers come back kind of? Uh, thing? I I think we're over there for
2: just about two and a half weeks. Okay, and uh, I think we announced that we're doing uh, Pucco Pop as well in Belgium. Um, so I think there are like, I want to say there are like seven seven festivals or so and then we're scheduling um some club dates kind of in between those headlining shows nice um which we will be announcing soon i think we announced one in cologne uh today and then there will be additional uh club dates kind of around those festival
1: dates excellent actually now make (laughs) my friends happy in the uk because they're awesome they're not able to make the reading festival or Leeds festival yeah that's a tough that's a tough uh
2: i can't really imagine going to it as a fan Um, (laughs) i I, I used to live around that way in england yeah
1: uh, i used to go there every year but it was it was a tough one
0: (laughs) yeah
2: i mean i'm not a huge festival guy to begin with like i love i love playing them because i mean getting a chance to play in front of that many people is just fucking mental yeah um but yeah, I mean, it's challenging. And then you got the weather, you know, sometimes it's hot as hell. Other times it's rainy and windy as hell. And yeah. it's a lot of people and, you know, you got to wait in line to go to the bathroom. And it's...
1: Yeah. Just, no, it, it's it, it, the last time I went was the last time I did a festival. This mm-hmm. was to Reading because um, it was literally at 20 miles from where I used to live in England. Uh-huh. And, um, it was. I just, I, I did my back in that, that weekend. Uh, I ran out of money really early Uh, Uh, because the girlfriend at the time thought it was a good idea to just to buy alcohol and it wasn't because I didn't drink alcohol so I was kind of spend a lot of money and then nothing for food I wasn't very happy but right um
2: it didn't end it but it
1: it, it (laughs) helped so
2: (laughs) I have have a ton of respect for people who uh who make it out to those festivals and Mm. um stay healthy and uh survive yeah
1: yeah that is the key to those um but yeah, you're going to be playing in Orlando as well, which is pretty cool. That's uh well, it's about an hour. I'm in Tampa. So mm. about an hour for me. So I'm going to try and make that show at the uh, house of blues. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I'm going to try and make that show. So that should be cool. Um, cool. so what could people expect from this tour? Is there anything you got planned? I've new material, but anything. Yeah. There? Um, we're obviously
2: going to showcase the new material. Um, we're going to try to pay respects to most of our records. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously not like our first EP, but um, (laughs) everything from like Illusion of Safety forward. um, We're trying to make the set uh, as dynamic as possible. Um, And it's just, I mean, it's challenging, man. We got over a hundred songs now. And, you know, over the years, we've been so schizophrenic um, sonically that it's a huge challenge to make a set that feels balanced, um, that feels like the vibe is right, that the dynamics are right, that the flow is good. Um, and we've changed guitar tuning so many times over the years as well. Like, you know, from E standard to D standard to drop C to drop a, to now we have baritone guitars that we use. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just hard to build out a set that, you know, showcases the new record, pays homage to the old records yeah. and uh, isn't a set that necessitates guitar changes or tuning between every song, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it, it's a challenge, but um,
1: we did it to ourselves. So <laughs> <laughs> so would you, I don't know if you've done it already or contemplated it, you know, a lot of bands go out and they tour albums, just that album, mm-hmm. like on its particular anniversary. Have ever been um, tempted to do that kind of thing? Like taking out your first album is a, you know, I don't know, how long is it now? It's 15, 16 years now.
2: Yeah, we, uh, we spoke a little bit about trying to do a 10 year anniversary thing for Visu last mm-hmm. year, but, um, time timing wise, it just didn't work. Um, we had these festival offers and, um, kind of felt like we needed to play kind of a greatest hits sort of set for yeah. those festivals um, so that opportunity came and went, um, but it might be something that we revisit at like the 15 year mark or something. Yeah. Um, so we're all still really proud of that record. And, um, it's weird. Like it seemed like it didn't, I guess for major label label standards, it didn't do what the label wanted it to do. But, yeah. um, as time has gone on, I've had a lot of contemporary musicians hit me up and be like, wow, you know, like, VC was very influential on, on our band. And it's like, I don't know, it's just like a new band, like periphery or something. Like I've spoken to a few of those dudes who are like that record, like changed a lot of stuff for me and like was really inspiring. And that's like flooring to me because I think that band fucking shreds. So Mm yeah um, they it's really pretty cool pretty to hear that and uh it would be cool to pay respects to that record by playing it in full sometime
1: no it is, it is a really good album um I know that's another one of yours so it's yeah it's very good i do remember that one getting it uh, and uh <laughs> thanks yeah it's it's very good um so i've got just a couple more questions left so um mm-hmm. this one's basically for you uh three albums that shape the person stroke musician that you are today
2: Oh man! Oh. If you
1: can pick three of those, <laughs> yeah, this this is going
2: to be tough. Um, I'll say Radiohead. Kid A
1: mm-hmm.
2: is definitely the number one. Good one. Um, maybe Botch. We Are the Romans.
0: Okay, cool. Um,
2: I'm trying to think of another one that is representative of another aspect of my music musical taste um
1: man i'm blanking uh, oh cave in jupiter oh that is a fantastic album yeah yeah i was uh, i had that obviously when it came out i was fortunate to pick up the uh, reissue on record store day a few years ago oh nice i've got it on this nice very thick vinyl which is that's awesome get, i don't know what it does it just makes it sound just that little bit more that- Yeah, it just sounds bigger, you know. Yeah, that band is
2: is so so good, and and uh, they played such a huge role in um, in our development as a band because we toured with them in two thousand one, which was right after Jupiter came out, and uh, I really feel like they were at the top of their game then, um, both as songwriters and as a live band. So we went out with them for. I guess it was like seven or eight weeks and just seeing them on stage every night was like, Holy shit. Like if we want to be a decent band, we need to be, we need to step our game up a lot because those dudes just killed it every night. Yeah. And, uh, we're like, man, if we could be like 40% as good as those guys <laughs> are, we'll be pretty good. Um, so yeah, very, very big inspiration.
1: That's, that's really cool. Cause they are, they're a great band. So Yeah. Mm-hmm that's cool so um yeah so what do you do away from music i know you mentioned that obviously during your break you jumped between jobs had a few sort Mm -hmm. of uh, other bands and things like that but what was there is there anything you do to sort of um you know step away from it if you need to um right now you know i have a i
2: have an eight month old son so my hands are are pretty full with uh dad duties there's not a lot of free time anymore but um (laughs) yeah like uh i'm working on that that side project less art right now with the guys from puig destroyer and uh and my brother um got almost a full length worth of material and we're looking to play some shows i think in july of this year um during a thrice break Mm -hmm. um I play in a men's baseball league on the weekend Oh, nice! It's with like a bunch of guys who played in college or played like low level minor league ball. Yeah. Uh, I played in college for a little bit and it's like a great end of the week reset. Yeah. Like Sunday afternoon, put on the uniform, go out and play baseball for three, four hours. And, uh, it's just a great, great way to, to wrap up the week. Um, and then I have a baseball podcast and website and Twitter feed called productive outs, um, that I do with Ian Miller, who's in, in less art with me. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just, uh, it's kind of like a lighter hearted look at professional and collegiate baseball. And, um, it's one of those things where we're both musicians and, a lot of our social media followers follow us because of our musical endeavors, yeah. but we're both massive baseball fans. So we were tweeting stuff. This is like five years ago, probably, <laughs> um, tweeting a bunch of baseball stuff from our personal accounts, and uh, people were like, "Man, you just you should stick to music, like, <laughs> or or just all caps like sports, like, yeah." music and sports don't mix all that often no. um so we're like we should make something just kind of like an online repository for all the the baseball garbage that we would like to spew so we started productive outs and um have gained a pretty decent following and people seem to appreciate it and we have a blast doing it so
1: excellent no, i'll check that out um, yeah. i'm sort of getting into baseball here so it's uh nice we've got the obviously uh, the rays here so it's um you know, it's a nice indoor stadium. Yeah. <laughs> Away from the sun. So yeah. it's always a good choice to go to. Um, so it make, this now makes sense with some of the questions I've been given by a couple of my um, friends. Um, okay. Got my friend uh, Dennis. He's here in Tampa. Um, mm-hmm. He's got a couple of questions for you. Uh, okay. Do you still hate it when people yell, play Deadbolt? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um I don't think I ever really like hated it.
1: Uh
2: (laughs) Um, I think the only time that it got like a little bit frustrating, um, you know, like over the years we changed sonically and tried to incorporate like some more, some more mellow stuff, some stuff with some more dynamics and, um, it would be kind of crappy when, uh, you know, like we do this like break to where it's just like vocals and a guitar. Yeah. And it's like this really intimate moment. And there are, you know, however many people at the show, like some people really like those quiet, mellow moments. And yeah. to have some dude just be like, Duh, play,
1: play dead ball yeah. in the middle of that kind of ruins the moment. But yeah. um, it's kind of like the guy who screams Slayer at every show. Yeah. We yeah. had that in England so many times. Just people were like, I went to go see, I think it was Tones. Yeah, you know, It's nothing, nowhere near Slayer, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. just one guy between songs screaming Slayer every time. Oh, man. And it just kind of got annoying. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the, it's that, or, you know, with the Play Deadbolt thing, it's like when people yell out songs between songs. Yeah. Like a band's not going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, what did you say? Oh, and yes, this set list here that we spent a lot of time putting <laughs> together, let's ignore that and play what you want to play right now. Yeah. But, uh, but I get it. People yeah. go to shows; they want to have fun, they want to be loud, and yeah. as long as they're respectful of the people around them, um, I don't have a problem with people yelling anything, really.
1: Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, he's got a couple more, and I've got it's like two or three more questions tops. So. Okay, uh, your fav your current favorite album that you're listening to? Um,
2: let's see. I've been kind of all over the place. I'm gonna have to refer to my recently played stuff. <laughs> Um been listening to that new deftones record a bunch
1: mm-hmm.
2: um there's a new record by a band called hammock which is some pretty mellow kind of um ambient electronic stuff that i like to kind of decompress um nice. yeah after like thrice rehearsals where i'm you know, hearing loud music for five hours yeah it's nice to decompress a little um And then there's an unwound record that came out in 2001 called leaves turn inside you that I, for some reason, I feel like an idiot, but I didn't discover it until last year. Yeah. And it's like a total game changer for me, like almost, almost kid a level. Um, that's how it kind of flipped like my thoughts about like making music and writing music, um, on its head. It's just a really cool record that's kind of all over the place and super vibey. I love
1: it. Cool, cool. I have to check them out as well. Mm-hmm. I do like my uh, like ambient electronic as well, so I will check out Hammock All for right. sure. Cool, they're really good. Cool. So, um, his last question <laughs> It's mm-hmm. a double barrel one, but who is your choice to win the World Series? And is there going to be any new uh, Puig, in, uh, Puig destroyer? In the <laughs> um, let's see. Um, if I had to pick
2: a World Series winner this team or this year. I'd probably go with the Cubs. That's not a very – I'm not really, like, going out on a limb there. Like, they're <laughs> pretty clearly the most stacked team. Um And if they can stay healthy,
0: yeah.
2: um, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't no, they've win. Got,
1: they've got a good manager as well. Um, yeah. Because it's the, but, the old guys I mean, manager, so.
2: Yeah. But baseball is weird, man. Like, if you get into the playoffs, it's just a total – it's a it's an overused uh statement, but it's a total crapshoot. Like, yeah you see wildcard teams win it all the time. You see a team that won 87 games or something and just barely snuck into the playoffs will win the World Series cuz they get hot at the, the right time. Um but if I had to put money down, I'd I'd go with the Cubs. Okay. Um and then Puig destroyer stuff, we we're really focused on the less art stuff right now. Okay. Um um but there have been discussions about maybe putting like, I don't know, like a two song seven inch out at some point, Yeah, you know, we'll put it up digitally and then, and then do a seven inch or something. Cause those songs are really fun to, to write. They don't take a lot of time cause we totally operate. It's like first idea, best idea, like don't overthink it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like don't overthink what you're writing, just write yeah. the most absurd stupid fast thing that you possibly can and then mike just screams about baseball so it's super easy so yeah well i think we'll try to do that um hopefully by the time the baseball season's over this year cool Uh,
1: i got a question from evan from grand rapids (laughs) in uh, michigan he's also a member of a band called fine fine titans um he was a previous guest on my show so cool um how do you do awesome so easily he asks how do we do awesome so easily (laughs) I don't
2: know. I mean I wouldn't say we do awesome. <laughs> um I'm pretty uh I don't know, self self deprecating. Um but um and it's not easy for sure. Nice. Like yeah. Um writing, music, rehearsing, everything. We're very meticulous about everything. So maybe that's the answer to the question. Like uh very very meticulous and uh we always kind of just trust our guts and and uh go with what what feels right at the time regardless of whether we think like oh this this segment of the music loving population is not going to like this or like oh this is not going to go over well or mm. whatever um just got to tr- stay true to yourself and make stuff that you want to want to listen to and that you want to play and you know if things go well then they go well and if they don't go well then write another record yeah you know
1: yeah just keep going trial and yeah. error <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've got friends back in england who used to run magazines and stuff uh-huh now they said they had a really difficult interview with you with me personally or with the band they didn't, okay. didn't specify because i didn't specify you directly in the thing he said tell them the Darrens at Rock Sound. Say that they were hard to interview and ask them how they plead. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um I don't know how long ago this was. This was it's probably something d- back in England as well. So it's probably yeah. a fair few years ago. Um. Mm,
2: <laughs> I well, maybe he means boring. Um we've definitely been accused of that before. Um when we signed with Island uh, I don't know how many people know this, but they put us through like a media training thing because we were so shitty <laughs> at uh, at interviews. Wow. I didn't know they went to those lengths, but they yeah. I mean, we were just... We're, we weren't... We're still not that great at talking about ourselves. <laughs> you know, you get some bands in an interview like, yeah, man, our new record is freaking awesome and totally killed it and yeah they just have a lot of good like sound bites and cool stories. And we're all kind of like reserved and fairly shy. And, uh, I think a lot of times, you know, I've been on the other side of it too, as an interviewer, like you're trying to get pull quotes and you're trying to get like, you're trying to get a story. You're trying to get that, that, that big story. Mm -hmm. And, um, we didn't really have a lot to say. So like, I, I could see it being a difficult interview. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I definitely hope it's like, he didn't think anybody was like being a dick because I no. don't, I don't think I mean, that's, that's like
1: the, I remember going through the, some of the rock magazines at the time. And after a while you do get to that point of, and obviously you went through various bits of training, but you do run out of things to say. Yeah, uh, for and, sure. And some interviews you just kind of, you're trying to get to it, but you don't connect with the person you're talking to or, you know, it's, it's the same questions.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I don't know like what the status of, uh, the current status of like music press in the UK was, but I do remember, you know, like mid two thousands or whatever. Um, there was a lot of stuff where it was like, they'd try to kind of poke you and get you to talk shit on other bands. Yeah. Yeah, there is, um, and we two. just didn't. Yeah, we just <laughs> didn't. We didn't want to get involved in that, really. No, um, that gives them the
1: headline, doesn't it? So
2: totally. You know, like there were so many, so many headlines. Like when we'd go over there, I'd pick up like Kerrang! or whatever, and it yeah. would be like, "Oh, so and so from Avenged Sevenfold says that this band is shit" or something. <laughs> and it's like, man, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but um, we just didn't want to. We're not in in this business to talk bad about other people yeah. we just want to do what we do and that's
1: cool fine for us i'm cool. um, sorry i've just got a couple of questions they've just popped yeah. up on my feed i just got an in- notification on the thing but totally uh, cool. it's actually one that was actually kind of um fits into this it's obviously it's about thrice mm-hmm. um i'll go with this one was your was thrice the name inspired by the simpsons softball episode Where Monty Burns says, I'll tap my hat not once, not twice, but thrice. Mm. It's it's random, but (laughs) it was...
2: I wish it was.
1: Yeah. No, I was just saying it kind of falls into the baseball thing. So that's the only reason I stopped to ask it.
2: (laughs) No, I wish that was the answer. It would be a lot cooler than the actual answer, which was that uh, I think uh, Dustin and Tepe and Ed were playing Frogger. Okay with some friends of theirs and one of their friends said like i beat it i beat the game thrice or something like that and people (laughs) were like oh that's a funny word and somehow that got thrown into the the band name Uh idea pool and when it came time for us to play our first show we were just like uh i guess thrice is okay yeah (laughs) and then you know 18 years later or wherever we are now (laughs) yeah it's still the band name.
1: That's crazy. No, I just thought because of the baseball connection, I thought it yeah. might fall in. So, um, actually, that's it. <laughs> that is everything today. Uh, I'm going to set you back free to go go back to your eight month old and awesome. um, spend some time with the with the child and uh, do all those fatherly things that fathers do. So, oh yeah, C- clean cool. up poop. Yep, yeah. exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, thank you again, Riley, for your time. Um, Oh man, I had a, I had a blast. It yeah. Was I, I was going to say, I hope you enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank All
2: you right. so much, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. bye, bye. bye
1: So there we have it. The end of another podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Riley Breckenridge as well. Again, uh, thank you for the interview. Um, I really enjoyed it. And, um, Yep, you told me you enjoyed it at the time as well, so that was great, Uh, despite what a couple of my colleagues back in England uh, were preparing me for. (laughs) But as it turned out to be a fantastic interview. So, um, yeah, thank you, Riley, for that. And, uh, yeah, uh, for any of those who are listening, thank you. Um, Go get the Thrice album. It's out on the 27th. Uh, If it's past the 27th of May already by the time you're listening to this, it's out now. Go get it. Uh, The vinyl is on the uh, 17th. Of June, if you prefer vinyl, go get CD, go to your local record store if you still have any near you. Uh, I got a couple around here that are bound to stock it. Uh, I got Daddy Cool, I got uh, Banana Music, um, Mojo Books and Music as well, and there's a couple of others which I can't remember the name of right now, but I'll give them a shout out next time. Um, But it'll be available on there, available on iTunes if you're part of the streaming. subscribers spotify uh apple music um and any of the others that are out there right now it'll be on there as well so stream it download it have it in your phone have it in your mp3 player have it in your car it's a great album i can't say any more than that it's really good uh but yeah i'm not gonna keep you much longer uh, you've probably tuned out by now anyway but uh don't forget five star reviews it helps Please um, use my sponsor's link if you're into uh, anything fixed or releasing. Uh, they've got The Chemists. They've got Cell Dweller, Blue Starly, all previous guests on the show. I've got Seamless and Voicions coming up next episode as well. I'm debating whether to do a double header or two single releases of that. But you'll find out next week. Um, but they are other fixed artists, and you get 10% off with my code, FORCE X F O R C E. X. Um Cell Dweller has just brought out if you're into the making music. Uh he's just bought out a new synth package um, called Solaris. Uh and you can use my code for that. It's currently until the end of May. It's currently uh $50 off anyway. It's normally $250. Uh brings it down to $199. Plus my 10% off knocks another $20 off. So go use it for that. If you're into your kind of uh uh, synth sounds, plugins, uh, music creation software, things like that. Go check it out. They've got loads of stuff on that website. Uh, fixedstore.com. That's F I X T store.com. Go on there. My discount code is Force X. You put it out when you check out, um, and it removes the 10% straight off that price. Uh, but yeah, uh, so
0: yes, until then, until next time, this is DJ Force X out.